0: Good morning, good morning, it's Eshin Brenda Shoshana, back with another episode of Zen Wisdom for your everyday life. Every day, today, tomorrow, yesterday, those are just words, 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 we're describing yesterday, tomorrow, as if it is real. (laughs) It's a thought in our mind right now, that's it. Everyday life, better said, every breath every moment life, every moment life, which means simply that in this practice we focus upon the moment, this moment. We we enter this moment fully. It's so simple that it's impossible <laughs> or it seems impossible, but it is very possible. It's just this racing Basically, uncontrollable mind within all of us that appears, makes a ruckus, and disappears. It can disappear as well, reappears, disappears. If we keep sitting and sitting, when it appears, it is softer, less invasive, less powerful. It's not as if it's going to disappear forever. It might for some of us, which how wonderful. How wonderful. When we can just be in the moment and be present. And actually then we have all we need, and we know all we need to know. But we don't know it intellectually, conceptually, through our rational mind. And that is the entire purpose of Zen practice, which is to soften, soften our attachment, decrease our attachment to this thinking mind. Now, I'm not talking about deep thought, real thought. There's a place for that. There's a place for really thinking clearly and deeply and, and, and provocatively, questioning. We do that with our koan practice, questioning, inquiring. That's a way to be in the thinking, so-called thinking mind. It's not really the thinking mind. It's the questioning mind, inquiring, not bringing up thousands of questions, doubts, cynical but, but questioning deeply as, like here is one of a, the deep Zen questions that pervades our entire being, which is, what is the most important thing? It's a koan, it's a statement. We have many, many incredibly beautiful and succinct statements by the Zen masters, and we, can, we take many of them as koans, and a koan just means a question that has no logical, rational answer, and we absorb it, we drink it in, we sit with it in an entirely different way. We become one with it, and that's how we know it. And then it's revealed. It reveals itself. This hunger and compulsion that we have to figure things out and to put things in their place And to protect ourselves through this thinking, so-called thinking mind, this chattering mind. It's also called the monkey mind, the uncontrollable mind, the wild mind, tossing its thoughts here and there, trying to impede us often. That's not the real thinking mind, the inquiring mind. What is the most important thing? You know, we don't stop and really live with that very powerful question instead most of our lives is dictated by this monkey mind pushing us here pushing us there our impulses our fears our illusions they rule the day so when we sit down on the cushion we we notice this whole procedure we watch it we see it and we're sitting and here's a lovely, lovely example of how people work on koans like a mother hen sitting on her nest, on her little chicks, keeping them warm, waiting for them to be born, waiting for the chick to come to life, to pop through the its shell, waiting for the koan to pop through its shell and come to life within us. hmm <clears throat> What is the most important thing? You know, these questions are very deep and they work on us. The answers are in the question and somehow the answers don't matter in the same way. We're not waiting for a logical answer like you give in school. Your life is your answer. How you relate to the waiter, to the the doorman, to the handyman to the stranger on the street. That is your answer to the koan, who you are, not what you say, not what you think, not what you pretend, not some role you play. So of course, as we sit these roles, these pretenses, they they dissolve by themselves, little by little. My original teacher, Soen Ro, she used to say, Come naked before me. And of course, he didn't mean take off your physical clothes. He meant take off the games, the illusions, the pretenses, the masks we wear. Come, let me see who you are. Let me be with who you are. Because when we can become naked, which meaning free of all our pretenses and our roles and our games and our beliefs and blah, blah, blah then we are one with whomever we are in touch with. Together, we're together. Endlessly together, never apart. So nice, an old, very dear, precious friend of mine who I've sat with for maybe 30 years or more. And and then at a certain point we would always sit a whole day together once a month. And he would come to Monday night sittings. Anyway, we've been sitting together for years and years, a real Dharma brother. And he, during the COVID, he and his family had to quickly leave the city for many reasons and uh, living in another state. And um, I speak to him on the phone or I see him, but he's coming back up to New York for a little while. And we're going to do another one of our wonderful sittings. It's been a long, long time. And we're both excited to. We love to sit together. Wonderful dharma connection, and yet it it struck me as I was planning for this. We've never stopped sitting together, even though I haven't seen him in person. Once that connection, that deep connection in the dharma, in the silence, is made, it doesn't go away. It cannot go away. It's not something that comes and goes. Like the conditions of our life, living in one state, living in another. Those are the conditions, the circumstances. They have to come and go. They they have to. But that which remains, that which doesn't go anywhere, that is always vividly present with those you sit with a lot or even a little sometimes. It's a different kind of Relationship. It's not based on what you see, hear, say, pr- pretend. It's something very fundamental. I would like to call it the fundamental self, although we don't have to call it anything. It just creates more images. But knowing we're going to be sitting again soon, it made it very conscious to me. Yes, it's wonderful in person to sit again. And it's also wonderful when when, when, when we're not, we don't see each other, or we're not sitting together. Many group sanghas have been dispersed for many reasons during these few very difficult years, and yet, and yet, together, sitting together. So we have to look more deeply what it really means to sit together to live together, to practice this practice. It looks sometimes like it's a practice of being tremendously alone. Alone, sitting on the cushion, looking at the wall, looking at the, whatever you're looking at. Many look at the wall, some look at different different screens, whatever you look at. You look at a plant, but practicing practicing sitting by yourself and and it looks like, oh my goodness, one has to enter the loneliness or enter the aloneness, or accept this strange contradiction here, and it's an important point you when you really are sitting, you cannot be alone in fact i you feel less alone than when you're actually living, that's true for me. The loneliness disappears. The sense of separation goes away finally. You're sitting with your breath, and your breath is breathing with all of life, breathing together, breathing together, sitting together. And you really learn you don't have to actually be there in person. And this is very, very interesting because it applies to those we've loved and who have maybe passed away. And there can be such a sense of separation and grieving and so forth. I used to actually work in a hospice situation years and years ago, dealing with that and with families and with individuals and the the, the suffering, the grieving, and a lot of it comes because we think, oh my gosh, we'll never see this person again. Our relationship is over, it's gone. No, but no, 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 it's never gone. It's not gone. You may not see them in the body in the way you did before, but they can be even more present with you than before, which is a strange and interesting contradiction. This wonderful practice is filled with many, many contradictions. And the important part of it is to stay very awake to what's going on right now, right now here, not to rush into our mind and figure it out and make a plan and judge something or someone just be 100% with what's right here, right now. And it will teach you all you need to know. Not trying to figure it out or understand, understand, work it out. All that is a distraction because we already know. And when we stay quiet and present in the moment, that which we already know is revealed. And it's simple. It's natural. We're not living in strain and struggle to understand or to control or to work out the details. We don't even know where the details are really going to be a year from now, a month from now, a a week from now. We don't know. We're planning them all out. We don't know what those moments will be. So we want to stay present to what those moments are, how they present themselves. You know, there's another way of knowing. It's even said in scripture, so-and-so knew his wife, meaning he was intimate with her, meaning he was one with her. And by being one, then we know, not only our partners, but the world, being one with the tree, with the rocks, with our grief perhaps, whatever it is. Be one with it, just be with it, feel it, experience it to the hilt, and then we know. That's very hard for some because it for many, because it turns the way we live around, we're taught to be smart, to figure things out, and that this world is about knowing what to do. But in Zen practice, we need to forget those lessons, let them go, and learn. All we're doing is learning a brand new way of being in the world and knowing how to proceed, what's happening, knowing what's really happening. So often the question comes up, what's really going on here? What's happening? I don't know. Okay, it's fine. You don't know. Great. Be with that not knowing. You don't have to know in your conscious mind. Be with the situation and let it tell you. That's really the, the core as I understand it. or a core of this very precious practice. So what is the most important thing? What? Sit with that a bit. Dwell upon that a bit. And you'll see how much time is spent (laughs) upon massive, massive distractions from the most important thing. I will leave you with that for today. I really thank you for listening. It's always wonderful to be with all of you. <clears throat> and thank you for your beautiful emails. And have a really wonderful day, a wonderful week. A week of not knowing, being open to to discovery, being here. A week of life to the brim. Thank you. The... um. URL for the podcast is www.zenwisdomtoday.com, and if you need to talk to me or want to about anything, make any comments, you can reach me at topspeaker at yahoo.com. Thank you.